0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Monday, December 4th. We've got plenty of news to get into today. We'll talk a little bit about James Harden. We'll talk about the in-season tournament which picks up even more steam tonight and a number of other news items. Joining me as always is Keith Smith. I'm Trevor Lane. Keith, uh, how are you doing? And are you excited for the the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament? I am, yeah. I, I'm really excited. It was uh, cool seeing a lot of the
2: quotes come out from a lot of the guys over the last uh, couple of days. As teams really, the teams, especially the ones playing in the quarterfinals, they were off throughout the course of the weekend. So th- there was a lot of stuff coming out from those teams, uh, or not. I guess not fully off, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of stuff coming out from those teams uh, through practices and shoot-arounds and stuff. Of you know, hey, what does this mean to you? And for the most part. Most of the players admitted, hey, that's a lot of money on the line. Uh, but they also talked about like, yeah, uh, I think it was Jalen Brunson said something like, look, if there's something to win, we want to win that thing. Like, yeah. let's go go win. So I, I think it's going to be really fun to to watch these and you know, kind of high stakes in, in these games. Anytime it's a single elimination, too. Uh, that that adds a heightened sense of drama because there's no chance to. All right, let's fix what went wrong and figure it out for the next one, like the playoffs are. So, so that's going to be a fun aspect of it too. So, I, I'm I'm really excited for tonight and tomorrow with, with the four
1: games. I think that you know going into this, one of the big questions is, will the players care? Will, will they care about this or not? Or will they just try to load manage these games? Or what that what is that going to look like? So far, the answer has been yes. The the answer has been yes. They definitely care. And so, to me that means we're going to get playoff intensity games in the beginning of December. And I think we already got them in, in November, too. We saw that through the other tournament games. And that's fantastic. That's that's exciting. Because, look, let's face it. Over an 82-game season, you can tell when it's just another Wednesday night in November or whatever. And, and the guys, look, they're playing. They're playing hard and all that. But it's a different feel when it's a playoff mm-hmm. intensity type game. And I think that's what we're going to get in these games tonight we've got the Celtics and the Pacers and we've got the the Pelicans and the Kings I'm excited for for both of these because you're going to get that again it's just like the all-star game discussion that we had a few weeks ago if the players care then I'm going to care and I think that's exactly what we're getting here the players care about this so I'm going to care about it and uh and I'm excited I think this is going to be a lot of fun even though I I guess jumping ahead a little bit to one of our our news items your Celtics are going to be missing Kristaps Porzingis tonight correct?
2: Yeah, he's going to be out. It sounds like this might be the last game he misses. It sounds like he could be back if they win. They'll play Thursday in the in-season tournament semis in Las Vegas. If he if they lose, they'll play Friday. They'll host the uh, the loser of the Bucks um, Knicks game uh in boston on friday so it sounds like he'll be back uh at the end of that week they they initially said it'd be about a week but again that was the whole reevaluated in a week we'll take yes. a look at it and it sounds like he needs a little more time i don't know you you're not uh deep in the celtics twitter like i am so there was this whole thing he tweeted a picture of a snow-covered like porch um in driveway and tweeted uh latvia In it, and people are like, Why did he go to Latvia? Well, it was confirmed (laughs) he didn't. He was basically either that's a picture someone sent him of home or he was like had a memory of home or right. whatever and he tweeted or uh I guess posted it on Instagram and people were like um getting like what is going on here like why is he in Latvia and that was like a day-long drama uh yesterday. Yeah yesterday was like um <laughs> or watch. <laughs> well it was like you and me in the off season where it's like all right what any any crumble of news out there like that we can attach onto and and get some some something out of because there was no games yesterday so like everybody was like scrambling for anything to talk about basketball Mm -hmm. felt like that throughout the course of the day so that was like the big drama and then uh then lo and behold he's in indiana riding the exercise bike this morning as the team's going through shoot around so uh so he's he's here stateside and presumably getting well. So, but yeah, he's going to be out tonight, and that's a you know pr- pretty big loss. If, if we remember back uh, just a handful of weeks ago, they hammered the Pacers in a mm-hmm. game. They beat them, I think, by like forty or fifty points. Um, in that game, in the end, and they scored one hundred and fifty-five points. Uh, Boston did, and just kind of did whatever they wanted and got into the game like that. So, without Porzingis, I don't think it'll be quite. That easy uh, this time around. The Pacers are a pretty good team, but Tyrese Albert is also questionable. So hopefully he's able to play. He's got a uh, sounds like he's got an infection going on, upper respiratory Oof. infection. So hopefully he'll be able to be out there, and we'll get a fun game tonight.
1: Yeah. Right now the uh, Celtics are five and a half point favorite, and then and then I think a really fun uh, doubleheader here. Where you've got the the Pelicans and the Kings. Like that's it. Yeah. That's an exciting one. That, those are two teams filled with young players, uh, hyper athletic guys. That this can be. Uh, a blast as well the kings really move the ball up and down the court quickly they get threes up very very fast and of course you know what the pelicans can do as well when they're healthy and zion williamson can be an absolute wrecking ball so i'm excited for this one too i think this is going to be a lot of fun and it's also kind of cool to see two teams like this that are kind of both on their way in the in the upswing in the mix here
2: yeah absolutely it's it's these are the teams this thing was made for right these these uh pelicans kings and pacers like this is what this tournament's all about and then i would say the knicks like the the other teams that are around uh the lakers the um the the suns the celtics and the bucks they're all contenders of some uh, various degrees right They're, they're all teams that have an eye on hey let's be in the finals and Not that these other teams don't and not that they couldn't make the finals. I'm not going to knock them down that much, but that's just not the level of team that they're at. So this is a chance to really get through. And this Pelicans-Kings game should be really fun. Both teams are coming in about as healthy as they've been all season long. Uh, The Pelicans have just about everybody of consequence in the lineup. So that'll be fun uh, to watch them kind of go. They had a game two games ago when basically everybody played. Trey Murphy made his debut and boy he brings a whole different level with his shooting Mm -hmm. and the things he can do i i am very very curious to see what they do he's gonna force his way into the starting five one way or another and i just don't know at whose expense it's gonna come at right because you're probably not going super small and sitting valentunas and then ingram and uh, zion are kind of like your all-star level guys he's not going to displace cj mccollum so does he overtake curb Jones and then that removes your best defender it's gonna be really um something I'm gonna be watching and tracking here now they can probably get away with it for another six seven games of all right we're gonna bring him off the bench because we're just mm-hmm. getting him back in the flow and all that stuff but eventually it feels like he's gonna push his way into that starting five and that that is the potential to be a, a little bit messy for a team that's you know loaded or. Maybe it eventually takes care of itself with the trade uh, down the line. Now that could be, be something uh, with that. So we'll, we'll see. And then on the King's side, Darren Fox, uh, he was actually, that's what that tweet was is he was named uh Western conference player of the week, uh, him, him and Julius Randall. So uh, was named, hmm. were named players of the week for each conference. So Darren Fox is um, you know, you get, him back. He's fully back in the fold after being out for a little bit with a with an ankle issue. Uh, they, they've got Kevin Herder's back in the lineup now too. So they're in Keegan Murray as well is back from being out with a back injury. So they're they're full go. So that's going to be a really fun game and fun style of play too for those two teams, uh, especially for the old old uh, East Coast guys like me who tend to be uh, falling asleep by the end of the first quarter. I'll be able to stay awake and
1: uh, watch this one
2: all the way through. <laughs>
1: Well, that's that's certainly helpful, helpful for you, unless you happen to get uh, a dog falling asleep on you, then you may just conk True. out as well behind the scenes. So, Keith, when we were first, we're, we're first trying to start the show and I, I text Keith, OK, here's the link. Let's let's go. I get a picture back of the dog asleep on on Keith that he said it's going to be a minute. Um, he yeah. was, out was out too, all 60 pounds like,
2: laying in my lap in the recliner. Out cold, like just completely zonked out. Like he, he did not and he was not happy to get up. So he's 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 probably not gonna make a happy dog appearance here on the show today because he's he was a cranky little guy.
1: It was a it was a doggy delay. A doggy yeah, delay. That's
2: it. Yep.
1: All right, let's jump over to uh to the James Harden news. Uh James Harden talked with Sam Amick of the Athletic and said, Yeah, I expected a max contract, and that was what he felt was communicated was going to be coming. Um, it was kind of what we we assumed this was the case Mm -hmm. because he took less money last year and everything that, that he was expecting the 76ers to take care of him um, this past summer. And obviously that didn't happen. It also seemed like he was particularly upset that the communication with him stopped that. And then he felt like he was getting frozen out. Whereas if there had been communication, I'm sure he would have been happy if they said, Hey James, there's there is no max deal, but we can do this instead. But he said, look, at least then we can start a dialogue going, we can go back and forth. I was I was frozen out. The communication stopped, and at that point, that's apparently when he said, "Yeah, that's it." He said, "I'm very intelligent. I know what's what's going on," and said, "That's it. I'm, I'm out." Um, so I think it just kind of confirms what the suspicion was, at least from Harden's side. I'm sure if you asked Daryl Morey about it, and he was just, you know, being truthful about everything, he would uh, he would give probably a different version of it, but. Nonetheless, in James Harden's mind, he was promised something. The 76ers went back on that, and that's where he said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I don't I don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, it also
2: seems like as they went back on it, like you said, it was not only did they go back on it, but then the communication just stopped. And he right. feels like, I think for him, there, and I'm very much putting words in his mouth here, but it feels like the tone of that interview was, hey, we might have still been able to get past not a max deal. But once you stopped talking with me altogether, like then it was very clear, like, all right, this is over. And uh, he goes into detail in the interview, everybody should go read it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, very well done by Sam Amick, and he asks really good questions. He doesn't kind of just give up and not ask his questions, like you could tell, like, he was really kind of pushing to, mm-hmm. to get some answers, and um what's interesting in this interview is he goes into detail, like how close him and Daryl Morey were. Like we, we know how close they were from Daryl Morey's side. We got that out of the Ramona Shelburne piece that he has like a, uh, Uh, Portrait that he had commissioned About James Harden like hanging on the wall Of his house Um, so that's Obviously a big deal there and then you've got um, You know these guys are You know we're super tight and James Harden Kind of goes in like hey man once he cut it off With me like I was like what went on here this Was a you know decade long relationship And now it's you know gone like this. So clearly he wasn't very happy about the whole thing and uh not not there and then uh he also there's a little bit of stuff in there about like he did try to meet with the rockets about going uh to the rockets which we'll see if there comes anything out of that cuz I don't think that was uh done um uh legally. Let's just say that uh without the tampering uh, element in there and that they, they doesn't really get into what happened uh with the Rockets, but they, it was obviously clear the Rockets didn't want any part of that. So uh yeah, so here we are. But this probably my guess is puts this story to bed for the most part mm-hmm. and, until they play, right? And then then it'll be a be a thing again because we'll we'll it'll all pop back up because that's just how the stuff works.
1: Yeah, I'll have to look at the schedule and see when do when do the Clippers and the 76ers play each other. But yeah, that's that's definitely I think this is kind of okay. We know what Harden's side is now. We know what, what kind of Moroy's side is, and it makes sense that the 76ers didn't want to give him a max. Did they, I wonder what, like, if they were at a point where, like, yeah, we're just not going to talk to him at all, like, what was the offer going mm-hmm. to be? Was it so low that they knew there was no chance that he was ever going to even negotiate? What did that, you know, what was that going to look like? So, um, I will say though, they have to that wait will... a
2: while, Trevor, uh, for them to play. Uh, they play Uh-oh. Sunday, March 24th in LA it's an afternoon game uh as part of a, a clippers on. uh or excuse me 76ers road trip and then they play 3 days later when the 76ers are on in geez i'm messing this up they play 3 days later when the clippers are on an east coast trip um they play on the 27th um and that that one's an espn game uh that day so we're, we're we we have a while we have several months of you what know, almost 4 full months before we'll see these two teams go head to head
1: can we uh, pull an NFL here and flex some games? Right? Can we can we do something <laughs> like that? Can we can we rearrange the schedule and and bump that up? Because that would certainly, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a lull post in season tournament. Let's spice things up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's throw. Go. Let's throw. In fact, can is there a way to bump that to like a Christmas Day game somehow uh, or something? You know, yeah. throw that on there.
2: I think hey, people would time. people might like that, you know, instead of uh, what do we got? We got Sixers heat on Christmas Day, making Sixers Clippers instead.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, no, mm-hmm.
2: no, no disrespect meant to the heat. But, no yeah 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 but just so the
1: we'll, just the drama we'll would be would be fun and, and it was that, funny
2: did you see somebody commented they they're like I keep forgetting to ask like are you guys gonna do something special for Celtics Lakers they're like even though it's like right smack in the middle of Christmas day and I was like yeah we'll have to figure that out that's always yeah. a l- little bit of a sore spot around here anyway <laughs> so we'll uh we'll we'll figure something out It will be a work day and we'll figure it out you know from that respect
1: yeah, we'll have to, to sort through it. I so I am uh Clark Griswold this year. I have the family coming here. Oh, um man. so I'm I'm hosting. <laughs> um, that's gonna be the, the, the stress is mounting. The stress is the stress is <laughs> I mounting can imagine. Yeah, um so so everybody's coming here. So there's gonna be that element of it too. But yes, we will have to figure out something, some kind of way. Everybody knows I'm obviously gonna have to do some stuff for the game, so We'll figure some things out, but we'll figure something,
2: but we'll come with coverage after the fact as, as always, if nothing else, for sure. Three weeks from today.
1: I can't believe it. (laughs) It's It's crazy. It's It's, sneaking up on us and, uh, but I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, yeah,
2: no, I, I am too. We, we finished this weekend. We finished putting out. we had a couple more things to put out in the yard and, feels yeah. like our uh, yard decorations are growing by the year and you know that so we, we we got some some stuff going on out there so it's it's fun man it's it's a good time so we're uh we're, we're ready to go
1: so last thing on the james harden situation i don't know about you but every time that daryl morey painting of james harden like we have no idea what this thing looks like but yeah. every time in my mind's eye This is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing the painting from dodgeball. They they grab the bull by the horns just with James Harden's face on it. And that's that's what I'm picturing that, that Daryl Morey has like hanging over his fireplace
2: be amazing i i somehow i'm going to guess it's it's more abstract than that just based (laughs) off what they wrote about the artist but yeah i mean it could be i don't know it's just kind of weird to me i I don't know That seems weird but then again i mean i grew up with posters of all these guys like on every square inch of wall space i had so but then i also grew up and (laughs) took those things down so i don't know it's but i guess it meant a lot to him to have his two mvps that that worked for him and that's you know there and you know got it got them posted so i I don't wonder
1: if it's it's still up the painting
2: he said it was he Hmm. he said with uh ramona shelburne and in that article like he won't he had the same artist do one of uh joelle Embiid too uh when Embiid won his mvp and he put the two of them up together so Hmm. i yeah i I don't know it's and it's like right on the entryway of his house too so it's like sounds like everybody sees it as soon as i walk in
1: wow Man. All right. Well, yeah. let's uh let's get on to some other news here. We've got uh Terrence Ross announcing his retirement. Um I he's the kind of guy who like if he really wanted, maybe he could still do something for a team like come on to a team mid-season that just needs some scoring punch or something like that, but you know, if this is this is it for him and he announced uh that he's retiring. So, pretty good career for a, for a yeah. guy who you know, he, it's not, when we think of the off the bench scores in the NBA, of course, we're going to think about Lou Williams. We're going to think about Jamal Crawford, but he's kind of in that territory, not on their level, but he was that type of guy in the league that can come in, give you some buckets off the bench and, uh, and was able to develop a pretty nice career off of that.
2: Yeah, he really was. He, he, uh, you know, really blossomed with Orlando. He was good mm. with Toronto. I, uh, he, he was kind of always like their fifth starter. Um, with, with some pretty good Raptors teams that just ran into LeBron and the Cavs every year. Felt like but then with the Magic, in primarily he came in and played mostly a bench role w- with them. And uh, a couple years, oh, oh, fifteen points per game, basically three years in a row uh, with the Magic, and, and he's retiring. You know somewhat youngish he's 32 I'll uh, mm-hmm. be 33 here uh, you know right around the trade deadline but he said when when he announced this it was on his uh, his podcast uh, show it, it's, it's weird I don't know if it's necessarily just a podcast because I know he does a lot of stuff with streams himself playing video games and all this stuff but he uh, he said that he um like his main deal was he one missed his family and he's like being around the family so much he's like I, gotta, I just don't want to leave them. Yeah, no. now. He's like, it's been really hard to not be around. we got to remember, too, this is a guy who got traded and then bought out uh, last year, so last year he ended away from the family. As far as I know, he's still living here in Orlando um, with, with his family here from his time with the Magic, and I think they've basically decided this is going to be home, which a lot of players make this area home uh, when they finish up for a lot of reasons, so I think it's, um, you know, with uh, Terrence Ross, you've got That part of it too, but he also said He's got some back stuff, some hip stuff Some knee stuff, and I think it's all When you put it all together, it's probably like Man, I just, I don't want to go through what it's going to take To get ready to play again You know, and do all that stuff And, And reality tells us it's a minimum type contract is what he'd mm-hmm. get at this point in his career and and all that. So I, I think Terrence Ross is looking at him like I made enough money. I'm happy. Like I can call it this. And by all accounts, his other stuff is successful that he does where he does a lot of this streaming stuff. So, you know, good for him on you know moving on to the next phase of his career.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If he's ready to move on, then by all means uh, move on, especially if you get to spend more time with family, never going to Never gonna criticize Envy for that. That's for sure. No. Uh, but ben Simmons out two more weeks, uh, and then we'll kind of see what's. Well, I do wonder if it's really gonna be two weeks, or yeah. if that's gonna stretch any further. Dealing with that back end issue, I saw that he got essentially got an, an epidural. Yeah. Um, there's that's, man. I just I I really wanted to see Ben Simmons get back, even be eighty percent of what he mm-hmm. was. That would have been a, a big thing. And who maybe the back injury heals up, and and that's where we go. But um, it just feels like he did every time we think, okay, here, here we go. Here we go. He's coming back. It just doesn't quite work out.
2: And he really wasn't playing badly when he was out there for, for the nets. He had started all six games. He had, uh, averaged, uh, six and a half points, but he was basically playing as a distributor, Um, at the the point guard spot, 10.8 rebounds and 6.7 assists. So, you know, it's very small sample size, obviously, but the 10.8 rebounds is, you know, that's two more than his highest he had ever averaged. 6.7 assists is right, right. Uh, you know, getting close to in line with what he'd averaged for his career too. Uh, there's defense had looked pretty solid in those games. Um, no, he wasn't shooting jump shots, but he's never going to shoot jump shots. We know that at this point. So yeah, it was just, um, It's a bummer, man. I, you know, it sucks because it's starting to seem like this back thing. Maybe it doesn't get right. And then this is just kind of how it goes. And I, there's very much a world and I hate for it to be like this, but there's a world where this time next year, we're talking about Ben Simmons expiring $40 million contract. Yep. because that's that's what it'll turn into, whether that's over the summer or uh, over the course of the next season and into next season. Is that you know th- those big contracts become trade chips for a reason, and the Nets are a team that are in position, probably to as long as this year goes okay and they're at least in the playing and mix and that and you know fighting to get into the postseason. I think they're in position to say, all right, let's load up. And that could be the way they load up is, you know, via making a trade, you know, using Simmons and the big contract to, to get it done. And they've got all those extra first round picks from the KD trade Mm -hmm. and that. So, so we'll, we'll see uh, where, where that goes Uh, with that. Did you see that thing? I'm going to bring it up here because it's nets related. They want two first round picks for Dorian Finney Smith. I saw that. That just screams. That, that that is full on screams. Yes. Everybody needs two first-round picks right now, right? Like Dorian Finney-Smith is a nice player. They're not getting two first-round picks for Dorian.
1: You you want the eleventh guy off the bench? Two first-round picks, right? That's yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the beginning of December. This is we we did this dance last year, and I I remember it very specifically because the Lakers were in the middle of all the Russell Westbrook stuff, (laughs) and it was it was oh. You want to offload Russ? That's going to cost you a first. You want anybody who is actually physically capable of stepping onto a floor? That's another first round pick. Maybe two. Give us everything. (laughs) And that, but that, and that wasn't a specific like Lakers, Russell Westbrook thing. That was a, everybody in the league wanted top dollar for anybody because nobody was ready to make moves right now anyway. So why not ask for everything? And then you have some room to negotiate down. But yeah, that I did notice that. That was, um, it, it was kind of funny. I know that three and d type guys go at a premium, and we always caution too that not all first are created equal, that there is massive fluctuations in value depending on what the first actually looks like. Is it a top twenty protected first? or is it a first that could realistically be number one overall? the the value fluctuates wildly there. Is it a first that's more likely to become a couple of seconds, and it's not even really a first. So we've got plenty of that to to remember when we're looking at these kind of situations. But yeah, like it doesn't surprise me that that the Nets want way more than anybody would pay because they can always back off of that as we yep. get closer to the trade deadline. Once you, if you, if they say, well, eh, give me a couple of seconds, well, then a team's going to try to negotiate them down to one second, uh, yeah. and, that, and then where do you go, you know?
2: Well, if you said a couple seconds, you'd have you know, 15 teams right now, like, all right, let's go. Let's make it right. deal today, yeah. you know, for Dorian Finney-Smith. So yeah, it's, it just kind of made me laugh. Cause I was like, there it is. There's our, there, there's our uh, textbook example of, you know, everybody's prices is, is way too much uh, right now yeah. at the moment. So yeah, it's uh, interesting, but the nets are there, you know, I, I keep kind of waiting for more from them. And then I keep, Saying, well, maybe this is just what they are. And they're you know right around a 500 team, and that's probably fair considering the really in-season teardown they went through last year. And they didn't do a ton this off They made some moves around the edges because they would already done their big stuff. They they did their big moves last trade deadline. So it's it's you know obviously you resigned Cam Johnson. That was a big move. I don't want to knock that down, but I think we all knew that was coming, barring something getting really silly um with him in an offer sheet. So yeah, I I just. I keep looking, I'm like, is there more here or is this kind of what they are right now? And it it probably is more, I, I need to readjust and say this is probably what they are at the moment.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: yeah all right last thing we've got the grizzlies have signed jalen noel once again to another hardship contract again the the grizzlies have been dealing with tons of injuries so far this season and they need all the healthy players they can get so jalen noel gets another deal with them how is this it it's it's one more and then and then they've got to make a decision here or can this keep going in a normal 10-day
2: case it's two, and then you have to sign them for for the rest of the season. I don't know if there's an allowance or in a hardship. But I'll have to look that up. I'll have to get into the CBA mm-hmm. and actually get in a little deeper on that one and find out. So I'll try to remember to come back with that tomorrow. Um, I'll pull the CBA up when we finish, and I'll I'll get in there and look. Um, it is interesting, Jalen Noel started a game for the Grizzlies while on this. So it took him, you know, a week and a half to get into the starting group uh for them, for this Memphis team. And it's just mostly they need anybody who can create off the dribble. That isn't Desmond Bain. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's been, been a major struggle for them, but there are signs of life for the Grizzlies. They're playing better. They're, they're playing games where their defense right now, it's, it's, it looks a lot better than it did uh earlier in the season. The offense is still, still their single biggest issue They're 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 having to figure some stuff out uh with that but they're they're five and 14 so we got six more games with uh uh john Morant out if you could win you know win two or three of those i'd say you've put yourself in a spot where all right we can still make a run at this thing right now they're four games out of the the 10th oh. seed so not too bad right now right it's four games in the beginning of december in that middle of December when John Morant gets back, you could kind of stay in that range. That's not the end of the world. It's four games when we get around the trade deadline. And after that starts to feel a little bit like a big hill to climb. So, so we'll see, but it's in the, some of the teams in front of them, uh, let's be kind and say, I think may reprioritize things as the season it goes mm-hmm, along true. where Memphis, I don't know that they're going to do that. So, so we'll see. But and that also assumes, you know, John Morant comes back and is, ready to go day one that he can play and, you know, play every game all the way out. So we'll see what that looks like.
1: Yeah. They, they picked up a couple of wins. They beat the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, although that was the, the Mavs uh, without Luca. Yeah. And, uh and then they got, uh, they got a win over the jazz as well. So that helps them. We were talking about whether or not jaw would be back in time to really make a difference here. Uh, those, those two wins gives them a little bit more, yeah. you know, potential here to make that, that jump up. But, Again, they they still they have to hurdle. I mean, right now the Warriors are the 11 seed in the West, so you'd have to you know hurdle past them, past a number of other teams. But but they're not completely. There's enough time left in the schedule to where they're not completely out of it. Out of it. But if like if Jaw comes back and they have trouble reintegrating him to the rotation or something, and you go on any kind of prolonged losing streak, that could really put them in in, in a tough spot. But again, I think they do they do get considerably better with Jaw back. And they become that much more dangerous. And then, who knows? Maybe they find they find themselves sneaking in uh, to the mix there. Yeah,
2: I'm gonna guess by the trade deadline, they're, they're at least within striking distance to try to try to do something to be be in the race to get in. And then, yeah, I don't want to start this in the beginning of November, but then we get into like are they the team nobody wants to see if they make it through right playing, but. I think that holds a lot more strength when the Miami Heat made it to the finals and the Lakers made it to the West finals. Sure. Like those things do start to hold a lot more weight when it's actually, well, you know, this actually does happen. So then, then that becomes a a more realistic thing versus just, you know, something we say.
1: If I'm doing my math correctly here, it's six more games until jaw returns. Um, That would be uh, Detroit, which that, I mean that that could very likely be be a win, right? Uh but oh, then yeah, you yeah. get you get Minnesota, you get Dallas, Houston, Houston, OKC. I wouldn't have the Grizzlies the favorite in any of those games, but it wouldn't no. wouldn't shock me in that in those six games for them to go two and four, though, for them to sure. upset one of those teams and to beat Detroit. Yep. And two and four, I mean, that at least keeps you in the mix. And then ja, now Ja comes back to play against uh, against New Orleans, second night of a back to back for the rest of the team. Um but still, like you've got a couple, maybe, maybe you pick up a couple of wins, and then, you, and then you're off and running once the job returns, and and then you see what's what to finish out the season.
2: Yeah, you have to win the Detroit game. Yeah, you have to win the um, the uh, home game against the Rockets because they apparently are not going to win a road game uh, this year. So, so if you can win those two, and then maybe steal one of the other ones, maybe mm-hmm. you know guys are out or something like that. Now you're, you're, you're talking, right? We, we had a, they think initially both kind of said, go like, 10 and 15 without jaw that feels you know like like you're 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 doing okay mm-hmm. but that was also 10 and 15 without jaw not 10 and 15 without Jaw and seven other guys right like now you know if you can get into the eight win range considering everything you've gone through and you get some of these guys back and keep them on the floor you're gonna have to basically like we talked about with the lakers a lot last year you're gonna have to put the pedal down and run all the way through the tape at the end but it's that was a real good uh, mixed racing metaphor there because i don't do tape with race cars but that's <laughs> all. um so um but you have to uh cross you know, the really... cross the
1: checkered flag the, the finish yeah, line the, yeah
2: checkered flag and you know as you jump in the pit of life i'm not a huge know, racing fan yeah. I'm,
1: I'm sure yeah. i'm yeah. i'm sure i'm missing the a low-hanging low-hanging fruit here somewhere
2: yeah, I have. Um, much to the chagrin of uh, family members of mine, I have uh, several uncles who worked on NASCAR pit crews. Uh, my for most of my life, um, I just I never got into it. It just didn't hold any interest for me, and completely wrong. And this we call this the scheduled nonsense, or unscheduled nonsense. I um, I have this belief of I could do that. Like, you know, like I Uh, I can do that. And it's funny because like like anybody I know who's done one of those things where it's like you can drive a real race car, they're like, man, I was flying around that track. How fast was I going? They're like 80. And it's like, what? And it's like, yeah, you were going about 80. Like that's like it's just you feel like you're going faster with, you know, all that power underneath you, I guess. But anyway, to my point with the Grizzlies, they're going to have to run all the way through the end of the season very hard trying to make right. up ground trying to get into the race not not impossible we saw it again Lakers did it a year ago so maybe the Grizzlies could and it would help them if you know a team or two says man we just don't have it this year and they they prioritize the other way but it's it's something we'll be watching obviously when Jaw gets back because just you didn't want him for a little while there. It looked like they were going to be something like five and 20, yeah. When Jaw got back, and I suppose that's still possible, still possible. but it seems, seems less likely right now. And that's that's you know a, a little bit better than what we could have expected,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I think that's a good way to kick off the week. We will have plenty more coming uh every day this week monday through friday is where you find the show make sure that you guys do subscribe to the youtube channel don't forget to turn on notifications and then of course over on the podcast side apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to podcasts give us that five-star rating and review all right everybody till next time see ya and stay safe